Selling smoothies is what I do. But for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. More and more I see patients coming in using therapy terminology with no understanding of what these words actually mean in psychology. I am incredibly happy that more people are invested in learning more about mental health and being open about it. But I am not happy with terms being diluted to the point where they become meaningless. That's why on this episode of Savvy Psychologist, I'm going to break down terms that I hear misused all the time and tell you what they actually mean. Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Monica Johnson. Every week on this show, I'll help you face life's challenges with evidence-based approaches, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. The first term we will discuss is toxic. Full disclosure, I was listening to Toxic by Britney Spears while discussing this one. This term is more generic, but since I hear it all the time, I am including it in the list. When we discuss a toxic environment or relationship from a therapeutic sense, it's usually in the context of a truly abusive situation where the injurious person in the environment may have the intention of causing harm. However, when folks use the term with me much of the time, they are using it to describe anything that they don't like. And that is a definite misuse of the word. For instance, you may dislike the way your boss is communicating with you, but is that because they are truly engaging in a problematic conversational style? Or did you just not like what they said? Secondarily, in some of these so-called toxic situations, you the universal you, may be the one instigating the unhealthy nature of the relationship dynamic. Going back to Toxic by Britney Spears, the lyrics go, Baby, can't you see I'm calling? A guy like you should wear a warning. It's dangerous. I'm falling. There's no escape. I can't wait. I need a hit. Baby, give me it. You're dangerous. I'm loving it. I highlight this because sometimes I am talking to people who don't see that they are creating the context for their unhappiness. Why are we chasing a situation that can bring us nothing but pain? Might be a deeper story there that has nothing to do with that other person or environment. Next up is triggered. And I have a personal beef with how this one is used. In today's verbiage, people have used triggered to describe any type of unpleasantness that comes into their day. By the purest trauma definition, being triggered means encountering a reminder of a traumatic experience. The reminder could be anything, an image, sound, smell, you name it. And this is followed by a response like flashbacks, panic attacks, or dissociation. When you are truly triggered, It often feels like the trauma is happening again or could at any moment. 
A classic example is a war veteran being triggered by the sound of fireworks and finding themselves instantly, mentally back on the battlefield, surrounded by danger. Being stressed, pressed, disgusted, etc. are all natural, normal human responses, but they are not the same as a trigger from a PTSD or trauma lens. I have had the fortune fortune because I am humbled and honored that people allow me to support them in these moments of working with people of all genders who have experienced sexual abuse and rape. I have a lot of feelings, thoughts, and internal reactions when I encounter this material, but trigger is a term that I reserve for the victim in these instances, and I don't want to dilute the meaning of that for these individuals. I have seen people say they were triggered by people who walk too slowly or people who are rude, and that is a different context. You saying that you can't deal with someone being mean is the equivalent of your immune system giving up when faced with a common cold. So unless you yourself are a victim of trauma or work in professions where you are repeatedly exposed to vicarious trauma, please be mindful about how you use this term. When you watch media that gives a trigger warning, it's actually intended for people that have had that as a part of their lived experience. Because if they are triggered, they may have a full-blown PTSD reaction. For those of us who don't have that as a part of our story, it's a nice to have. Because if I'm watching something and I don't feel like encountering the topic of suicide today, I can switch to the next channel and keep it moving. If this still isn't making sense, think about strobing light warnings for people with epilepsy. I may dislike strobing lights. They may even give me a headache, but that's not the same as triggering a seizure. Which honestly is a good segue for my next term, which is trauma or traumatized. This is the definition of trauma by the American Psychological Association. Trauma is an emotional response to a terrible event like an accident, rape, or natural disaster. Immediately after the event, shock and denial are typical. Longer-term reactions include unpredictable emotions, flashbacks, strained relationships, and even physical symptoms like headaches or nausea. From the work that has happened around complex trauma, and as a psychologist who focuses on the compounded traumatic stress responses that come from minority stress— like being BIPOC, queer, or gender minority, I'll add that there are many ways that trauma can come into our lives. However, I also see people using the word to describe one-off situations of embarrassment. For instance, they may have tripped and fallen down in front of a group of people and will then say that they are hashtag traumatized. Now you may say, Dr. J, that's just people being silly. And sometimes it may be, but I talk to people all day, every day, and people tell me these types of stories regularly, and they are completely serious. Your bad day is not trauma. It's simply a crappy day. Every organism on this planet was designed to deal with bad days. And if we can't cope with bad days, we cease to exist as a species. This is why people joke about the resilience of roaches. No one likes them, they are killed on sight, 
and they simply keep coming back. If you find that you're having too many bad days, let's look at how to reduce your bad days and how to increase your coping capacity so that if anyone or anything tries to show up and make your life worse, they are going to have a hard time. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a, like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. To keep going with the theme, the next term to unpack is trauma bonding. In traditional trauma work, trauma bonding is a psychological response to abuse. It occurs when the abused person forms a connection or relationship with the person who abuses them. A common example of this is Stockholm Syndrome. Another example is women who defend the men who abuse them. There have been so many times in my career where I am talking to a woman covered in bruises with her eyes swollen shut, and 10 minutes later, she's at the bail bondsman's office getting him out of jail. Other situations that may lead to trauma bonding can include sex trafficking, elder abuse, or religious cults. What we're talking about here is very different from the colloquial definition of trauma bonding, which usually entails two people meeting and releasing all the skeletons in their closet on the first date. The last therapy terms I will mention are narcissist and gaslighting. I'm combining these two because they typically go hand in hand. I won't go through the criteria of narcissism. You can listen to my episode on that topic. However, here is the definition of gaslighting from Marian Webster. Psychological manipulation of a person, usually over an extended period of time, that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perception of reality, or memories, and typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence and self-esteem, uncertainty of one's emotional or mental stability, and a dependency on the perpetrator. Someone simply lying to you isn't narcissism or gaslighting. Did they cheat on you? Also not gaslighting or narcissism. Comparing the insidious nature of gaslighting to some of the basic everyday jerk behaviors that people engage in is really a checkers versus chess scenario. At times, people are just dishonest, inconsiderate, selfish, or pick your adjective, but none of that necessarily adds up to gaslighting. It doesn't change the fact that it hurts. But just because they cheated on you 12 times doesn't mean they are a narcissist. You may have noticed at this point that many of the terms I've talked about relate to trauma. 
That is because trauma and a few other mental health-related topics is trending and has come into public view, especially in the wake of the pandemic, George Floyd, and other national and global events of the past few years. As social comparison creatures, we want to fit in with what we see in the media. The issue is we can begin to blur the definition of what something is to make it work for our experience. I want to let you know that it's unnecessary. Your pain is valid, and it doesn't need to be extraordinary for that to be true. We need to be compassionate towards the people who firmly exist within these definitions and not dilute their experiences by misusing this therapy terminology in the pursuit of having our own suffering acknowledged. What's your favorite Britney Spears song? Let me know on Instagram at KindMindPsych. You can also reach out to me via my email at psychologist at quickanddirtytips.com or leave a voicemail at 929-256-2191. The Savvy Psychologist is a Quick and Dirty Tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg with script editing by Holly Hutchings, who is also our digital operations specialist. Our podcast and advertising operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our marketing and publicity associate is Davina Tomlin. Cameron Lacey assists with marketing and video. And last, I'd like to welcome our new director of podcasts, Brandon Gitches. Follow Savvy Psychologist on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for this episode of Savvy Psychologist. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.